You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, what's up, Sixers fans? Recording our weekly show. He is Mr. Paul Hudrick. I'm Jazz Kang. Lots to discuss. The Sixers going into the final four games of their regular season still plenty to play for don't know yet where they're going to end up ultimately in the standings the Sixers sitting tied for fourth with Milwaukee technically a spot behind the Bucks just due to the tiebreaker Paul going into this tonight they got a favorable schedule here let's not you know no disrespect to the Pistons and the Pacers but they got three combined combined games against those two teams they take on a tough Raptor squad on Thursday but when you're looking at this now these final four games from your perspective, what is it most important for the Sixers to focus on? Because this is really their last dress rehearsal before they get ready for the playoffs. It, the, it's the hardest thing because you can't make it up. You can't really plan for it. But like their late game execution is the biggest thing that is kind of the sore spot. Because to me, the, the, the biggest issue is James Harden's health. Um, and so that's the biggest thing to me. So like if that hamstring is getting a little cranky, uh, sit him. Uh, I just don't over any of the course of the last few games, it's not worth it. Just sit him. Um, if he's not feeling 100%, um, but the late game situations are, are, are where I'm most concerned. Um, they did a really good job against Cleveland after not doing such a good job against Milwaukee and Phoenix, two teams that have so much experience in that regard. So, um, I thought the Cleveland game was a positive step in that direction. I think uh, the formula is, and some people, I know some people were, were, were you know, into the Bucks game were saying, oh, why didn't Doc run something better? There are a few things better than a Joel Embiid, James Harden pick and roll. Um, that What other action, like what other play do you want to go to other than that? Like you want one of those two guys with the ball in their hands with a chance to win the game. Uh, and that's the best action to do it in where James Harden is one of the greatest pick and roll players of all time. And Joel Embiid, sometimes it is just like get him the ball and make make something happen. That that is sometimes the best the best way to do things. Like I, I don't know what magical play the six they like fans want the Sixers to run. Like uh, th- it doesn't really work that way in the NBA. Like it, it is a player star driven league. You want the ball in the hands of your star player. So I thought the Cleveland game was a perfect example of. Let's just run the pick and roll, run it to death until they stop it. Um, and they couldn't stop it. And I thought. The one basket Harden had kind of down the stretch where he blew by marketing and got that little left-handed floater. Like you need to see way more of that when the playoffs come. Like that, that is because that will ultimately make him more dangerous. It makes him be more dangerous. It makes all the players around them more dangerous. And I think that if I guess to roundabout way answer your question, like the, the biggest thing I would want them to work on is just those two, Harden and be just perfecting that pick and roll and just trying to see how many different looks all these other teams are going to give you and how you're going to combat that once the playoffs start. Because um, really, that's it. I, it all hinges on James Harden's hamstring 
and how they perform and how they get their offense late in games. Cause I think otherwise they're going to be okay. I think the rotation is set, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's set. Um, you got nine guys who are going to play. It looks like, and I think outside of one, I think maybe the other eight guys are probably all the right pick. It's all the right guys are going to play the right minutes. Um, so I don't think there's much to learn there. I don't think, you know, Furkan Korkmaz or Isaiah Joe is going to come out of left field and take those minutes from Shake Milton over the last four games. Uh, I think George Niang is cemented as your sixth man. And for better or worse, DeAndre Jordan is uh, he's in there as your backup center. I really don't want to hear that, Paul, because I was going to say I was going to say going into this week or the last you know four games of the regular season where I'm with you. Number one, if Harden needs an extra you know, time, you know, extra four or five days here because the playoffs aren't slated to start till the 16th. Sixers might play that Saturday or Sunday. We don't know yet, but give Harden some time. I think that that is number one. I, I'm with you. You know, these games don't mean anything, whether you finish third or fourth, it's not going to make a damn difference right now. You know what I mean? I think they're, they're in an okay spot. I actually, I think it's ideal to finish third or fourth, just given what could happen in the play-in. Uh, maybe avoiding a Brooklyn matchup, not to say that they can't beat them. I've, I'd rather take on Charlotte, Atlanta, you know, Toronto, whoever, the Chicago, and that's no disrespect to those teams. I just think that's a better matchup for the Sixers. But I also was going to say, like, should Doc experiment a little bit this week? We've seen Paul Millsap get treated like a, a five-year-old playing against an NBA player in terms of what he can do against a guy like Giannis. I don't think anybody wants to see that in the playoffs. But you're going to play, again, no disrespect to the Pacers or, or Pistons. The Pistons are actually playing pretty well as of late. But maybe get B-Ball Paul some run here. Maybe get Isaiah Joe some run here. Now, again, we kind of know what their limitations are, but have they shown some improvement? Have they gotten better over you know the last couple of months? These are young guys. Charles Bassey lighting it up with the blue coats. Like, Do you want to see those guys maybe get some run instead of being married to the fact that it's going to be DeAndre Jordan no matter what playing, uh, playing behind Joel in the playoffs? Do I want to? Sure. Um, is it going to happen? Sadly, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I think the time for experimentation is probably over at this point. Like I said, I think it's going to be the starters, and then it's Niang, it's Danny Green, it's Shake Milton, and it's DeAndre Jordan. I think those are your nine. Um, and I'm actually – one thing I will say that I'm encouraged about with Doc is that he did that. Like, he's this seems pretty clear. It's nine guys, and it's these nine guys. Um, you know, Furkan Korkmaz had a bad season. Uh, flat out. He, he, there's no other way to sugarcoat it, whatever. He was great for them last season. He, he really gave them a spark. His shooting was huge. Um, but you saw in the playoffs, his shortcomings defensively this year, he has not shot the ball well at all. Um, and Isaiah Joe. Yeah. I mean, between Isaiah, if it, if it, that's the deal, if it's between Isaiah Joe and shake Milton, I think Milton's a better option because Milton can handle the basketball. Um, Shooting wise, you know, they're probably at this point in their careers, respectively, they're probably a push in that department. Um, defensively, I trust Shake like this much more than I trust Isaiah Joe, which isn't much. Um, and I just think Shake, what is good about Shake is that he he hasn't hurt them at all. Like, even when he hasn't really been a factor, he has he also hasn't hurt them. And I think that's what's gonna be huge for the playoffs. He's gonna be like their low mistake guy. He doesn't turn the ball over. He shoots when he's open. He doesn't do anything outside of his capabilities or, or what he's like. He, he knows his role, um, especially now. You know, I, I think he's really confident in what he's doing. I think he feels good in who he's playing with and all that. So I think he's a good steady guy to have. Um, 
I, I'm a little bit worried about Danny Green. Uh, just again, I think that's more health than anything else. If he's healthy going into the playoffs, I feel a lot better about him. He's had flashes where he's looked really good um, here in the stretch run. So we'll see. Um, but as far as like the young guys go, yeah, I just I think the time for experimentation has passed. I think this is what it is. Now, what I think is going to happen is the next. I'll say the next, at least the next two games, Doc's going to play a regular rotation. They're going to go regular. They're going to try to win these games. The last two, I'm very curious. I think it's going to depend, like you said, if it's all determined by Saturday by Saturday afternoon, you probably won't see like anybody. Um, and then by Sunday, I, I would be very surprised if you see anybody. And what that means is either Paul Reed or Charles Bassey's going to play. They're going to have a monster game. And then everyone's going to be pissed off and it's going to be hilarious. Hitting <laughs> well, yeah. You know, Charles Bassey's going to come in, finish with 18 <laughs> points and 26 rebounds. And we're going to be like, why Six is this guy playing more? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he's got the athleticism, right? Which I think for me has been the factor in the non duel minutes, right? I mean, you're trying to get Maxi out there. Now you're seeing Harden getting a little bit more run with that second unit. And we've seen how good typical athletic bigs can be with Harden. They might not give you much in a pick and pop scenario, but in a pick and roll scenario, he loves having those guys where he can throw it over the top, get an easy, get an easy bucket, get an easy alley-oop, get to the free throw line, whatever it is. And we've talked about this a bit before is I just want to see some guys that are like you mentioned, Shake Milton doesn't really hurt you, but he has the capability of giving you 10, 12, 14 points on a given night. Uh, Paul Reed might not you know, might make some defensive mistakes. I don't think any more than DeAndre Jordan or, or Paul Millsap has made so far. But instead of having zeros across the board, he's going to be able to get out there, maybe get a block, maybe get two offensive rebounds that, again, don't necessarily maybe change the big picture, but do have an impact on what the out outcome is going to be of the game. And I think that's where I'm looking for Doc to maybe try and experiment a bit this week, not holding my breath, though, just given what we've seen over the last couple of seasons. Paul, I wanted to jump into a couple of other things. Let's do that after a short break. Jake Fisher of uh, Bleacher Report. He's also hopped on our podcast network a couple of times as well. Uh, he had a story on uh, their site today, basically saying that the Lakers likely to part ways with Frank Vogel. One candidate being discussed, Doc Rivers. And if that happens, if that happens, which again, I think the pressure is on Doc that if this team doesn't at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think he's likely gone because he's inherited by Daryl Morey. He's not Daryl Morey's handpicked guy. Uh, also on top of that, they mentioned Mike D'Antoni as a potential replacement for Doc if things go that way. What did you think when you read this, and, and how do you feel about if the Sixers do end up coming up short in terms of making a deep playoff run, that D'Antoni could be the potential guy? Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. And, you know, I think we really, like, you, you had to trust Jake's reporting. I mean, he was really the first guy that was all over Harden being pretty unhappy in Brooklyn. I don't think anybody had that before Jake. So clearly he was on point with that. So, um, and you know, that and several other reports that he had before the deadline, um, Jake was pretty spot on. So I, I think, you know, you have to give Jake his due and say that if he's saying it, there has to be a little smoke there. There has to mm -hmm. be something there. Now, where that smoke's coming from is a fair guess. I could see someone like LeBron pushing for Doc Rivers, perhaps. I know some Sixers fans that might make their brains explode, but um, believe it or not, some people have very high opinions of Doc Rivers. And I think I will say that I think the Doc Rivers discourse has jumped the shark here like this much. Like, I, I think um, he's maybe getting a, 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 killed a little bit more than maybe he should. Not to say he doesn't have his faults, 
Not to say there are things that I disagree with him on that I that I wouldn't criticize for. There are plenty of those things, but um, he still got the Sixers in a pretty damn good position um, this year, and he got them to the one seed last year. And there are some things I think he still does pretty well as a head coach. But um, all that to say, I, I think LeBron, I could see him pushing for a guy like Doc, who's got that veteran experience, um, who's won a championship, who played the game as well. I think Doc, I think LeBron tends to um, gravitate more towards those kind of coaches. So. I think that's maybe where that's coming from. That's all speculation on my part. I don't know that for sure. It is interesting in that the Sixers are getting ready to try to win a championship, and this is coming out. So I I find that extremely interesting. And again, that leads me more to believe that is coming more from the Lakers side of things than the Sixers side of things. You know, I, you mentioned that Maury that that Rivers wasn't Maury's handpicked guy, but at the same time, uh, you know, I have a pretty good authority that. Part of the reason Maury came here was the opportunity to work with Doc, and that when Maury was still in Houston, when D'Antoni uh, departed, that Doc was one of the guys he had on his list. Like Doc was a guy he had circled, he wanted to interview and perhaps bring in as his next head coach of the Rockets. So there is a strong connection with those two. Now, um, things happen. It's been a long season, and maybe there's some things they agree or don't disagree with. Um, I'll say that. I don't think it's a coincidence that Daryl Morey is passive aggressively sharing DeAndre Jordan highlights. Every time he does something good, it's kind of a way to say like, Hey fans, here you go. Like, I I don't think that's an accident. Daryl Morey is a very smart man. um, And he's very online as the kids say. So he, he knows what he's doing with all that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, a first round exit, I would be stunned if he keeps his job, quite frankly, Um, if if they, if they, if they lose in the first round, barring something catastrophic, you know, hard not being able to play and be not whatever, uh, knock on wood. Don't even say it, Paul. Yeah. Don't even say it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even speak into existence. Yeah. Barring something catastrophic. Um, if they lose in the first round, I I have a hard time seeing him keep his job. Second round. I think it's dicey. Um, again, I think it depends on the context. It depends how it happens in the second round. Uh, it depends again, how healthy they are, what goes down in the second round, who they play. All, All of that I think is a factor in determining whether doc would then get another opportunity next year. Um, but I think if he gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would be stunned if he loses his job at that point. I, I really would be. It's far, it's farther than this team has gone with Joel Embiid. It's it's the you know the farthest they've gone. So I think that you would want to ride that out with Doc for at least another season. The other thing too, Jazz, I would say, uh, there was like a subtle coaching jab that Joel Embiid took into the Milwaukee game, which I didn't really raise my eyebrows too much about. I didn't make too much of it. But other than that. You really don't see Joel Embiid or James Harden ever really question coaching stuff, um, even passive aggressively in the media. You really don't see them do that. So as far as we know, they're both happy with the head coach. And like, that's the other thing too. Like, you know, you talk about Mike D'Antoni and yeah, those dots are super easy to connect if that winds up happening. Um, But is that the solution? Is that really what takes them to the next level? Is that what makes us a championship team? I'm not so sure. Um, and I know before the Sixers have really pushed back on the notion that they have interest in D'Antoni and and moving on from doc. I, I see it. So like, again, first round exit, that means probably it's, there's a very strong chance he's fired at that point. Anything else, perhaps there is a mutual parting of ways where doc sees, Hey, maybe this Lakers job is better for me. Maybe this is a better situation for me. And Daryl, maybe it's better for you to maybe it's better for me to move on, and you'd have pick a, a new coach for James and for Joel, and we all just kind of go our separate ways. 
maybe that's a scenario I see more likely than just Daryl Morey straight firing Doc Rivers. But we'll see. Um, again, it's all of this with the backdrop of the fact that the Sixers are going to try to win a championship here in a couple of weeks. So um, no matter what happens, it's going to be a very wild postseason and a very wild offseason after that. Well, we, we know that, you know, this team has holes. So, again, I'm with you that if Doc gets them to a conference final, it's going to be tough to part ways with them uh, at that point, just given that right. we know how bad they are without Embiid on the court. We know how bad that second unit can be when you look at how many times I think they have the one of the worst uh, from last I checked they were I know they were in the bottom three might have changed over the last couple of days in terms of bench production so again if Doc can get them to a certain point but I do I think that second round is going to be the measuring stick for him if he if they lose against a team like Miami Milwaukee Boston we don't know who it's going to end up being as great as those teams are and as as legit as those squads are he's going to have to go because you have two very good top play, you know, I mean, uh, and beat obviously at this point of his career better than Harden, but you know, you have these two guys who are super duper stars in this league. And if you're not getting past, you know, only winning one playoff round. Yeah. He's going to have to go. But the one thing I wanted to ask you too, Paul, when you're looking at this again, from the bigger, from the bigger picture of this stuff. And, and again, we don't know if D'Antoni is going to be the answer. We don't know if, uh, if, uh, uh, somebody like, uh, you know, they're going to bring in a, a different, uh, make a Tobias Harris move in the offseason that frees up to bring in somebody else. Who knows? I mean, there's there's so many things to play out. But when you look at what the Sixers have on the bench, and as we know, it's not much, you know, no disrespect again to those guys, but not a ton in terms of proven scoring talent, proven game-changing ability coming off the bench. You have Shake Milton, Danny Green, Ferk, as, as you've mentioned. Who is the guy that you think has the most potential to step up and at least be consistent in the playoffs, which is something the Sixers desperately need coming off the bench. I, it's tough to say consistent because um, George Yang's had some brilliant moments. Uh, quite frankly, he's been really good for them at times, but he's he's had issues with consistency. Um, you know, part of the reason the Jazz, op, you know, went in a different direction is that he did struggle in the playoffs last season. Um, with that said, I. Uh, I really like Niang next to Embiid. I really, really like Niang next to James Harden. So I think that's the guy, like that's going to be their most uh, relied upon bench player. Again, Danny Green. So like Danny Green last year for them was indispensably good. Like he was really, and then you know, he gets hurt in that Hawks series. It's not the reason they lost that series, but it did not help. Um, he was really, really good for them all season long. This year he's just been so hurt, and he got COVID, and he's just he's been through the the ringer this year. Um, and maybe his age is starting to show, like just a little bit here and there. So maybe that, like you talked about, the fact they're going to have like a, a solid week off before the playoffs start. Mm -hmm. um, a guy like Danny might really benefit from that time off to just kind of regroup, recharge, get some, you know, get get done what he's got to get done therapy wise to recover. Um, and he might be a guy who also gets like maybe he gets this entire weekend off. Because you know what he is, he knows the system, he knows where he fits. Um, he's got a role, so you don't you don't need to learn anything else about Danny Green. Uh, the rest is what's optimal. So if he can just be what somewhat what he was last year for, I don't know, fifteen minutes a night, that could be huge for them. That that could make the difference between them getting to a second round or an Eastern Conference Finals or even the championship. I mean, um, I, I will say this though. Um, a lot of teams have question marks on the bench. I mean, a, a team like Miami is very deep. Um, you know, even Milwaukee, 
fairly deep. Boston kind of deep, not maybe not really. Maybe they're they're actually probably maybe a little bit more top heavy. Um, Tice was a good pickup for them, and so was Derek White. That definitely helped lengthen their rotation a little bit. But I don't see a, an opportunity for if Embiid and Harden are Embiid and Harden, and they're playing a lot of minutes, and and Maxi, you know, continues to improve and plays big minutes. If Tobias Harris plays big minutes, if Matisse Thybul is is showing to be a viable offensive basketball player where you can play him again, big big minutes it makes the bench thing not that big of a deal because you're going to be playing so many guys, so many big minutes um, that, you know, a team like Miami, yes, that they, they're going to bring a Tyler Hero off the bench. They're going to bring a Duncan Robinson off the bench. Uh, they're a deep team, but your two guys in a beat and Harden are better than any, almost any two guys that another team can, can, can throw up against you. Like if they go into a series against Miami, Quite frankly, I think Embiid and James Harden are the best two players on the floor, and that's with all due respect to Jimmy Butler, who I think is fantastic. Um, I would say that Embiid and Harden, I would give the slight edge to those guys. Um, when you look at Milwaukee, Giannis is Giannis. He's great. But then after that, again, it's Embiid and Harden, and then after that, it's Middleton or, or Holiday. Take your take your yeah. pick there. Um, yeah. Boston, it's you know maybe it's, it's Tatum in that mix, but I'd still probably put Embiid and Harden over Jason Tatum slightly. So. Um, that factor is what might make the bench issues not as significant as long as the head coach staggers things properly um, and doesn't go to some of those bench heavy lineups we've seen in the past. Yeah. That's one thing I, I do want to see from doc Paul is, is the, you know, tinker with things, change things around. Maybe, you know, I know he's done that started hard and maybe take him out after six minutes and then get him back on at the, in the second quarter when Embiid's off. you know what I mean? Like, but come up with some different stuff that you think might work because ultimately in the playoffs, the team that wins is the one that's been the most consistent. And from the Sixers standpoint, even since getting hardened, we've seen our fair share of ups and downs been a lot more highs and lows so far, but we're not really seeing them kind of figure things out in terms of, okay, this is working, this isn't working. And it is a big, big ask when you look at it, not having Seth Curry, not having Andre Drummond that, you know, kind of killed the depth of, of the team in its own way. But, okay, you got a talent like Harden. Let's figure out how to make this work. And whether that's, okay, we're going to start Maxi, play him for five, and then take him, you know, take him, put him back on after, you know what I mean? Like where he's overlapping from the first to the second. But just get a little bit more creative. And I think that's all Sixers fans want to try and see. And going back to what I was saying, we want to see Paul Reed. We want to see uh, Charles Bassey get some run because Paul Millsap and DeAndre Jordan, for, frankly, stink. And they haven't been able to do anything. So I think that's where the frustra frustration has come in. Uh, let's wrap up the show on this one, Paul. Just a, a quick uh, look at the the NBA standings, as I mentioned off the top. Uh, the Heat likely going to secure that number one spot with only three games left to go. And then you got Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. Uh, basketball reference has the Sixers likely finishing in fourth. But big showdown between the Bucks and the Celtics on Thursday that will likely determine the number two seeds. But where do you think the Sixers end up finishing? I mean, if they take care of business in all four, likely they can move up to three and have an outside shot at number two yet, too. Yeah, um, I, I think ultimately it's going to be three or four. I, I don't see them getting into two. Like you said, it is it is obviously extremely favorable, that schedule. Um, but the issue is, I think, too, as much as like that Toronto game, I, the reason I think that, that I see that more as a loss is only because Toronto has so much more to play for than the Sixers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for the yeah. Sixers, you're, you're probably three or four. Like, that's probably it. That's probably the deal. Toronto, that could make a big difference where they wind up, right? I mean, they 
So just looking at it, I mean, they have, they still have the, the Cavs aren't going to catch back up. You wouldn't They're likely think. five or six. Yeah. Or four, yeah. Five um, or six, sorry. But yeah, I mean, getting in, but, but this, I mean, it, it's, it's tricky. Like, it, because then again, too, like, I guess the Raptors have a little bit more to play for, but at the same time, do they, um, they will be at home, which is a factor, but it's, it's just so jumbled in the East that I, I don't, I can't really make heads or tails of it. To me, it looks like you're three or four. And in that case, you're playing either Chicago or Toronto. And you clearly, clearly you prefer to play Chicago just because you've had so much more success against them and match up so well, not to say I don't, I think they would beat, the Toronto Raptors in a seven best of seven series. I still mm -hmm. think they ultimately would come out on top, but that would not be a fun series to watch. It would be really ugly. Nick nurses throw all sorts of weird shit at Joel Embiid and James Harden, and it would be ugly. And I just wouldn't want to watch it. So um, yeah, I, I mean, what's best for the Sixers is to get the Chicago bulls, whether that's them winding up at three and the bulls winding up at six or four or five, it doesn't matter. That would be the ultimate best thing, but I, I don't see them finishing two. Um, I, I think best is three and then it, at worst you're four. And that's just, you know, at least you get home court advantage in the first round and um, you just kind of take it from there. Yeah. And you're going to have to beat a stacked team and neither, like you mentioned, Miami, Milwaukee, the defending champs, obviously with Giannis on that roster and, and Boston playing the way it has. No cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be no easy ones. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have it. You're going to, and that's what I was saying, you know, not trying to rag on the Raptors, the Bulls, the Cavs, you know, whoever ends up finishing in that spot they're just not at the level of, the, at, of those other teams. So again, this is gonna, there's a lot to play for. We're going to have it all covered for you at Liberty Ballers. Don't forget, uh, we'll wrap things up there for this portion of it, but don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there. Always appreciate a five-star review if you're inclined to give us one. And of course, Mr. Paul and our entire team has you covered at libertyballers.com. And coming up after the Sixers take on the Pacers, Jackson Frank and I, We'll have a recap of that game and what it means in the standings going into the dog days of the regular season. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.